Hello, this is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Today on Executive Presence Morsels, we'll be sampling another bite-sized learning to help you be seen, be heard, and be elevated. Hello, this is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and welcome to our final episode of Poker Week. Hope you've enjoyed the metaphor. I know I've enjoyed sharing it it, and insights from it with you. So today we're going to talk about something that I call take your shot, right? Most of us are familiar with this concept uh, of no risk, no reward, right? Nothing mind shattering there. We've, We've also, we've all kind of understood implicitly that, you know, you have a higher risk, you can get a higher reward with a lower risk. Generally, the reward is much lower. However, what we can learn from poker is it's not always that simple. That's not all there is to risk and reward and how we deal with it. Some people never take a risk, right? So those people are safer, but there's really very little reward. And they can actually fall behind and get swallowed up by more risk-taking competitors, right? So being the least risky person at a poker table is not exactly a guarantee of success because there's going to be someone else out there, not everyone at the table, but there's going to be other people out there who are taking bigger risks and actually getting paid for those risks. And then they're going to have more chips, more money. Um, They have more options in terms of how they can play and push other players like a non-risk taking player around. And eventually that gives them It's not a guarantee, but it gives them a better chance. It puts them in a better position to win more money or the entire tournament, depending on, um, you know, what sort of format you're playing in. Now, let's take the opposite end of the spectrum, which are hyper risk seekers, right? Who are just so aggressive and are risking maybe too often and too much. And while these risks may pay off and they may score big in certain instances, a lot of times these risks will fail big and they will suffer what uh, my former co-worker and friend uh, Chris John Charles, a former Marine, and now he's a proprietary trader and uh, landlord, would call a catastrophic loss, right? It's not that you don't want to take risks and it's not that you're, you know, totally allergic to any sort of loss, but you want to avoid catastrophic loss. And the best poker players know when to leverage a strong position to take a bigger risk to increase the chances of a big payoff. So it's not that you're always taking big risks or never taking big risks. There are scenarios where it actually makes more sense or can pay more to take a bigger risk, where in other scenarios where you're not in good such a good position, you should play a little bit more conservatively and not take as big of a risk. Now, just like in poker, as in life and at work, there are no guarantees. There's no guarantees that if you take a risk, it'll pay off, and if you don't take a risk, that you know you won't somehow get punished or get put behind in some other way. However, it is smarter to play a really great hand and try to leverage that versus foolishly betting aggressively on a hand that is almost certain 
to lose, right? All other things being the same and, you know, it's, it's not like a moral thing and it's not like something that's really valuable to you. If we're just talking about, you know, a, a business decision and a risk, it makes more sense to uh, take the risk when you're in a position of strength and when the payoff is big versus when you're in a position of weakness and maybe the payoff could be big but more likely it's going to end up being a catastrophic loss and just totally put you out of the game and this concept of of you know taking the shot also reminds me of some advice that a mentor of mine Kaplan Mowbray amazing uh, speaker uh, an expert on personal branding, the 10 Ks um, of personal branding. Um, I was having coffee with him. He was uh, generous enough to give me some uh, mentoring uh, advice. And I still remember to this day what he told me. He said, Joe, you won't know when it is, you won't know why, but at some point that opportunity for you, for that next big thing is going to come to you and you have to be ready to jump right? You have to be ready to take that risk and jump. And that just resonated with me so much. It was such powerful advice because that opportunity may not come around again, right? If I say, oh, I'm not really ready. I wanted to save $5,000 more before I embarked on this endeavor. Well, guess what? You're going to have that extra $5,000. Opportunities passed. The market's changed. No one wants to give you that opportunity anymore. Someone else has already grabbed that opportunity and blown it up, and now you are boxed out of the market. So thanks for that advice, Kaplan, where, you know, when that opportunity comes, you have to be ready to jump, take that risk, because when you determine that now is the time and you're going to get the biggest benefit, then that's the best time to bet on yourself and to just go and to take the risk, all other things remaining equal of course. So ask yourself, what is your appetite for risk? And here's the thing that we learned from poker. It's not right or wrong to be um, to be an aggressive player versus to be a more conservative player. Neither of those um, are necessarily uh, arbitrarily better than the other, and a lot of it just has to do with our personality. However, we have to be able to be comfortable with taking risk and to be comfortable with not taking risk when it's not a good time to take a risk. So ask yourself, what type of person are you? How comfortable are you at taking risk? And are, are there certain points in your career in the past, or maybe now, or maybe in the future, where it would behoove you to be a little bit more comfortable with taking that risk, or it would behoove you to be a little bit more considered and not take a risk because you're not exactly in the best situation? And it could be, to use Chris John Charles' words, a catastrophic loss. Thanks for listening to Executive Presence Morsels. Thanks for joining us for Poker Week. My name is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Remember, it's not what you say, do, or wear. It's how you make people feel that generates executive presence. Next week, super excited to share with you Cello Week. I'm going to share some lessons from cello. My son Lucas is an amazing cello player. He's been learning and so inspired by that. So I want to share some lessons from the cello. See you soon. If you like, please stay tuned for a preview of tomorrow's episode, brought to you by our sponsors. This is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Do you look 
forward to attending another ho-hum lecture, masquerading as a workshop? Ever notice how by the end, a lot of people have tuned out and no one has any questions for the instructor? If you could attend a workshop that prioritizes your engagement so you get the most out of the time spent, would you look forward to it? If you truly want to invest in your leadership learning this year, join us for our monthly Connection Counselor Workshop where your participation is the key. Every month, we dive into another difficult leadership challenge and explore it together. Register for our next workshop now and watch recordings of previous ones at connectioncounselor.com forward slash workshop. Thank you. Hello, welcome to Executive Presence Morsels. This is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and this week I'm very excited to kick off cello week. My wife and I, we love the cello, a beautiful instrument. We're a little bit partial because our son Lucas has been playing cello for several years, and shout out to uh, one of his original instructors, Miss Marino, uh, who has been very supportive um, of his cello career, and we owe her a huge debt of gratitude for her great and continued instruction and care for uh, Lucas's musical. Uh, careers may be a fancy word, but musical development, let's say that. So today I'm going to talk about picking the right bow for the cello. Now, I'm not um, a huge musician myself. I never played a string instrument, so this is at a very basic level, things that I've been learning uh, since our son Lucas started playing. So um, I want to use a metaphor for the cello and the cello being like another person, right? And the strings of the cello are like their heart strings, right? When you Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you again. Join us next time for another tasty Executive Presence morsel.